Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Jessica Bendinger. I have some announcements to make. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out or the week it comes out, I am in Vegas right now. I'm playing February 2nd through 8th at the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino at the Sin City Comedy Club. Comedy, burlesque dancers, sex, jokes. What more do you need? How Vegas is that? And you can gamble your life away before or after the show. So if you happen to be in Vegas or you're going there this week, stop in. You can go to the website at uh, Sin City Comedy Club. I don't know if they have a... uh, I couldn't find a website for them, but they do have a Facebook page. So go to Sin City Comedy Club or you just go to the Planet Hollywood website and you click on shows and you'll see me there. You'll see mostly Britney Spears advertised and then the Sin City Comedy Club. (laughs) But hopefully I'll get my face on a marquee. It's been a while since I've played Vegas, so it'll be good to be back. It's uh, seven nights. I'll be there the 2nd through the 8th, so Monday through Sunday. Seven days in Vegas. It's a lot of Vegas. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of Vegas. Anyway, if you can make it, I would appreciate it. Also, February 17th and 18th, I will be at Zany's in Chicago, my home club, my old stomping grounds. I'll be there. And if you can come out to that, it would be great to see see you because uh, last time I was there, a lot of people from like college and high school, everybody came out and it was a lot of fun. So I'll be there Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on the 19th, 20th, and 21st, Thursday through Saturday, I will be at the Zany's in St. Charles at the Pheasant Run Resort. So please, if you can, come on out. It would be great to see you. Go to zanies.com for tickets. All right. Now back to travel. Thanks to all of you who have written. My email address is TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Also, go to the website. It's TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there, check out the articles, check out the guests. Uh, if you want to uh, click on the links to all our social media, that's the place to do it, TravelTalesPodcast.com, and you can click on our links to Facebook, Instagram, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. And if you're going to go to iTunes, why not give us a good rating? That helps people find the show. It boosts our presence online, and that's always cool. So if you can uh, click like or write a nice review, I would appreciate that immensely. That's on iTunes. Also on Instagram, we're Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram and Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. All right, my guest today is Big Shot screenwriter Jessica Bendinger. It's a pleasure to meet her. I met her through uh, some mutual friends, my friend Christy Stratton, who I uh, sometimes co-host the Rock Solid podcast with. And so uh, it was a pleasure to meet her. And she's uh, been around the world, and she's a successful screenwriter. And I don't meet too many of them out here. I meet a lot of unsuccessful screenwriters here in Hollywood. But she's one who actually did well and is doing well. So kudos to Jessica. It was great to meet her, and um, I think you're going to enjoy our talk. Please welcome the lovely and charming Jessica Bendinger. 
know I've been saying in your name wrong. It's kind of like a um, Kim Basinger. Bendinger. Okay. Bendinger. Okay. Bendinger. There you go. All right. I know. That was almost like a Kim Basinger situation. Is it Basinger or Basinger? I used to say I wanted it to be soft G because I thought that was cooler. And as a kid, my mom was like, that's not the pronunciation. I was like, Bendinger. And she's like, no, no. I was like, well, the teachers say that. It's got to be right. And she's like, no, it's, it's the bad one. It's Bendinger. Right. And we're both from Chicago. We're both from Chicago. Yes. And what it's about you Cook were... County Hospital or where were you born? No, I was, I was actually born in Wisconsin. Oh, what part of Wisconsin? I was conceived in Wisconsin. Oh, I had a girl. Yeah. I was there at Port Washington, Wisconsin. Just okay. north of Milwaukee. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. My my mom's from Appleton and my dad's from Whitefish Bay. Oh, yeah, I hate it. Oh, gosh. Oh, I can go there. Holy Let's smokes. Do it. Come on. Come on. You want some pop? You want to go to the fish fry? What are we doing? <laughs> fish fry. Come on. Oh, the fish fry. I can't look. I, I did so much comedy in Wisconsin that I can't even look <laughs> at a map without getting just like, oh, my God, I played there. Without played getting there. some cops custard. There. Yes. Uh huh. And then I used to go. Well, I went to summer camp also up in Wisconsin. I did what part uh, in Manitowish waters? Uh, well, of course. Yeah, from the uh, it was a YMC camp, YMCA camp. From uh, the YMCA was in Waukegan though, okay, which was complete opposite side of the city where, that we lived on. But I think my mom worked with some people from there, yeah, and they told my mom about it, and so they're like, "Oh, you should send your kids there." And so I met all these kids from Waukegan and stuff. And, and then later I went to college at Northern Illinois. I actually ran into some of those people wow. that I met when I was like 13 or 12. Wow. Yeah. Small world. It is a small world. Do you, you don't dip in and out. I can't, because Chicago accent is different from Milwaukee, of course. As no, yeah. Yes, it's very there. different. Um, but people don't know they're like this big regional difference. It's big difference, but it, it's, it's more, it's closer to actually Minnesota, which is also different. Mm-hmm. And they will be the first to tell you yes. that. But I mean, to someone from the coasts, they all sound alike. Yeah, you know they don't know the difference, but we we were grew we up know. around it. Yeah, and I love the differences. Like I I love hearing my cousins, hi cousins, if you're listening. I doubt it. There, <laughs> it's just like Wawatosa. Mm-hmm. Everything's so oh you know, oh no Oshkosh. oh no, it's so cute. <laughs> I had worked with this guy that uh, he used to call Wisconsin the toast state, and I was like, why do you call them? <laughs> because they sat down for they were on the road somewhere, and they went and had breakfast, and the. Uh, <laughs> Waitress came over and went, Do you want some toast? And it was just like they just <laughs> couldn't stop saying it, toast. <laughs> and so they, they just called it the toast state uh-huh. for the rest of the, it just made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it there. So when did you come out to LA? I, come to LA, I came out to LA in 95. 95. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, now the, a lot of people call themselves writers in this town. Yeah. And uh, there's a few that are <laughs> truthful about it. Uh-huh. A lot of people talk a big well, game. Well, you can't get found out. That's right. the thing. Most people, it's so, unless you work at an agency or do coverage, it's a real, you can talk a game for a long time without right. ever getting discovered, right? Mm-hmm. I'm working on a script or I wrote a script. This got option, that got option. There's just like, there's so much bullshit adjacency. The, old, the only other bigger can I bullshit. Swear, by the way? Absolutely. Okay. The only other big bullshit profession, even worse, is producer. Anybody mm-hmm. can say they're a producer. You just have to I know. Yeah, Have you just... seen that new asterisk PGA signifier no, a- movies? The PGA got has gotten sick of it. The Producers Guild of America, and so now there's a special signifier that means legit. You've actually <laughs> produced something. Yeah, yeah they've okay. actually like they're in the PGA. <laughs> but you uh, people would uh, know your work from Bring It On. Yes, I wrote Bring It On. The biggest. Uh, that's huge. Yeah, thank you. Now you made it. I did. I wrote you it. Came out here. I wrote. I came out here. You yeah. made it in the business. I, I mean, yeah, I did all right. Every so often we did okay. You know, every yeah. so often we got to look around and go, oh, yeah, 
We, we did all right. Yeah, we did all right. We made something happen. <laughs> People know of something I did. That's cool. Right, right. And so um, when did the travel start in your family? Were you big travelers like growing so up? So I I, my mother's a gypsy. You know, my, my mother's side of the family is totally gypsy. So my mom's a jazz musician. Gypsy in the figurative sense. In the figurative the, sense. Yeah. And from those grandma, tall blonde gypsies that No, uh, they're all German and Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, but, I was going to say. Uh, let's see. There was a big, like, nobody was in the same place when I was growing up. So, you know, my parents split when I was young. So I'd be with my mom for part of the year and my dad for part of the year. And then grandparents were in different places. And my one set of grandparents in Knoxville and the other set in um, Sarasota. Oh, yeah. And. Nice and warm Just down there, don't you? Lots know? of night, night, lots of lots of uh, warmth mm-hmm. and humidity. I loved it there uh, as a kid. And so I just traveled around a lot, and that just is in the DNA. And my mom was on the road a great deal when I was a kid. So I would be with usually her parents, my grandparents in Knoxville while she was on the road doing extended gigs traveling. What kind of musician was she? She's a, tr- she's a jazz trombone player. Jazz and, trombone? Yeah, she is. And so she would go on these tours, like she did a tour with, I think it was Buick in India for a month. Oh, my she gosh. She did some USO stuff and. Cuba, she did. She opened for Eddie Arnold. They did a big stint with Eddie Arnold and Bill Cosby. Mm. Uh, uh, and <laughs> we'll Reno, let, we'll let that Cosby thing yeah. lay there. Atlantic City. Oh, that's even a bad yeah. Uh, so, yeah. use of words. <laughs> um, right. So how many female trombonists are there? Are there, there not many? There aren't many, but you know, my mother was part of this very kind of small posse of female horn players in the world of trad jazz or Dixieland jazz. So her one of her friends Barbara Drywitz who was the tuba player sure i have all her albums tuba player was Woody Allen's no she was Woody Allen's tuba player at Michael's pub oh wow so my mom was very adjacent to a lot of very interesting stuff happening in New York in the 70s and was part of it in her own way but Barbara whose son i'm i'm going to get it's Brian or David uh is in the band Ween Oh, yeah. So I kind of grew up with a lot of musical stuff and hearing musicians sit around and tell stories and shoot the shit and uh, just a lot of gypsy spirit. My dad's sister married Dwayne Eddy's drummer, and he was also the substitute drummer for Sam Butera and the Witnesses. Shout out to Roger. Um, (laughs) And so I just loved the stories of traveling and being on the road. And so it was kind of second nature to me growing up. No desire to play music yourself? No idea. Oh, my. It was, in, it was demanded. Yeah, weren't right. That wasn't optional. What was your instrument I of choice? I did piano at first, and then I did flute because it was easiest to carry if mm-hmm. I was going to be forced to play an instrument. And I also did timpani drums in middle school for the Olympic theme song. Boom, 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 yes. boom. I just thought that was the bomb. Uh, but you had to tune the timpani. And I played a little bit. Of, well, I, I did percussion in junior high. Oh, so fun. And I was a trombone. I actually did trombone in fifth and sixth grade. And then I thought drums were cooler, so I switched. Oh, you're kidding. You did, the, you did trombone? <clears throat> For like two years, I did. You know the difference between a trampoline and a trombone? What? You take your shoes off before you jump up and down on a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So lots of trombone jokes mm-hmm. and lots of gypsy fever in my family. So I grew up moving around. Did they ever take you overseas, like out of the country? Mm. Like a... No, I didn't go out of the country till. I mean, my mom, we did a gig in, my mom had an extended gig in Canada in Victoria, BC, and I lived with her on Vancouver Island in Victoria for my first, first grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's out of, that's kind of out of the country ish. Not really. No, I didn't go abroad until college. Okay. Yeah. And that, where did you go to school? I went to Columbia in New York City. Well, and I have to say that we're from Chicago. I know. (laughs) I'm very impressed. (laughs) 
Thank not Columbia you. College. Not Columbia College. Down, it's a fine school. Fine school. Fine school downtown mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. Loop area. I actually took some summer classes at Columbia College. You did? Right before, uh, I think my senior year in high school. And it was one of those things that they do in a summer program for high school kids. And you could get like a half a college How credit fun. or something. Yeah, it was like Why TV not? production. And we and ran the lights There was theater downstairs from Columbia College downtown. They're right across yeah. from the Art Institute. It was like the, not Cinematech, but... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I anyway, think it's it named after art, Gene Siskel now. It was the art theater. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, Little Columbia. So I went to school in New York, and then they had a summer. Pr- so they had this language requirement that I didn't test out of my French. My high school French was not good enough. So <laughs> I was like, okay, if I'm going to take two years of a language, let me take the language of a place I want to go. So I took Italian. Oh, and then I wow. did the summer program in Florence. Awesome. And I knocked off a whole year, you know, in an intensive uh in you know in the <clears throat> long time ago before cell phones let's just say that how intensive uh was the study in florence you know really i'm trying i'm starting probably, to think maybe it wasn't it, so intense uh, i think if you didn't know any languages and you went there cold it was probably a little rough if you knew any romance language and went there if you knew french or spanish it was it wasn't so it wasn't so tough yes but i mean it's still like it's italian like work ethic a day or something yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's oh what i'm God. talking about i was like yeah. okay there's our lesson and now for a three-hour lunch oh with my wine God. i wish we weren't that corrupt yet that happened for, to me later <laughs> okay the, the, the long lunches happened later no we had this crazy calabrian landlord we rented a room in his studio and he always sat around in blue underwear eating nutella <laughs> it was just one of those weird things and he was completely paranoid and irrational like you'd get an incoming call and he was convinced he was going to be billed for it even though the, it was his phone ringing right. like it was very old world and so here we were like really brat quite honestly the archetypal american clueless brat yeah. and i was 18 uh-huh. my friend michelle who was with me was also 18 we just were clueless mm-hmm. now you're wearing your madonna outfits and i'm sure and uh giant hair and you show up Whatever you want to picture Clueless, I'm, I'm sure we I'm qualified. Yes, right. I'm sure we had every version of Clueless that you could imagine. As if. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you find this? Did they set you up with a place to live, or were you in, in charge of... No, it was... At, so, thank God our parents didn't know. I think had they known, they would have been a little... With some creepy Italian guy in his underwear? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... It was I'm sure the, he wanted some 18-year-olds in his... Uh, yeah. Right. So I you know these schools in the States have like kind of footholds on the programs abroad. So like Columbia has Reed Hall in Paris, and Syracuse has um, the program in Italy. So it's through right. I'll Syracuse. I'll take your word for it. It was like Columbia through Syracuse. And it was in Piazza Savonarola. That's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was in that piazza. Mm-hmm. And Northern Illinois had one with uh, Cleveland. They did. Very, oh, such an exchange you went to program. Cleveland? No. <laughs> in nice. comparison, I'm saying. Hmm. We had uh, different benefits at the. Uh, yeah, but Italy. So anyway, we got there and we had no place to stay. We had no idea. We thought they would set us up. And we got there like, yeah, no, you got to find your own. You got to find your own. And there we were like looking on a bulletin board. Right. This is pre Airbnb. Freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Completely clueless, and we ended wound up with this guy Enzo, poor guy Enzo, and it was just not a good combo. Mm-hmm. I, I do recall there was an exit of him chasing us down. There was, I think, chasing us down the street, maybe in underpants. Yes, as we were headed um, to go on a boat from Brindisi. There's a boat that goes to Greece from Italy. Okay, it goes from Brindisi to Patras, and so we were. We were out of there, man. Did by you check boat. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you check the uh, f- shower for any kind of like porky style peepholes or anything? I like was that? so terrified on that boat because we we bought a night, you know, whatever we could afford the nice er ticket, but there were there were 
families picking lice out of their kids' hair. Oh. Like there was, uh, you know, it was like the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a nice boat, but like a you guys violating you know, on the on the weird, deck. Weird. Like well, I'm like, where are we? It was a, a real culture shock. Mm-hmm. And again, so I just like sat on my hands and shut my mouth. Like I was pretty <laughs> terrified. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk about that. I mean, that was your first. Uh, your eyes must have been completely wide open. Mm-hmm. What surprised you the most about being in a foreign land for the first time and kind of like was there something you were expecting that didn't happen or was it something that did something click click in you that going oh man i've been missing a whole lot my whole life it's so different both it's so different now because now you have your phone you know the all-powerful they're uh, exposed to everything now. yeah you can i was clueless when i went first i was 21 i didn't know anything you are literally dropped you know it's like tabula you're dropped there you don't know which direction is which um I, i was so clueless I can't thank God it's a bless really ignorance is bliss I think for me but I was so clueless I can only imagine my how rude uh I hope I didn't offend too many people I was just clue a clueless American truly and then as I started to get more and more hip to what was going on I became more and more mortified by my own cluelessness and past behavior right so that's like the gradual um acquiring of shame do you remember any specific incidents of like faux pas you made when you first got there oh yeah i remember um i called my parents i think we were in athens i want to say we went to athens and i did the collect call and they That's still charged call. me it was collect but they still charged me for something and it was like exor- you know oh, it was course, exorbitant yeah. for back then and i freaked out with the front <laughs> desk but then they could people could get away with you know there were those kinds of travel scams Right. For the unaware and the uninitiated. And, you know, I lost my shit in that, you know, I had no money. Like, right. So you're losing your shit. Like, what's going to happen? Am I going to go to jail? So you just, just get louder and then they'll be scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will happen. Just get louder. I think. I mean, you try to tell, and not to sound like a super old guy, but you try to tell like people traveling now, younger people, that it's like, you know, this is like pre-ATM. Even. Oh, yeah. And so it's just oh, like, big time. if you didn't get money from the bank... Before it closed, you had no cash. You, you had nothing. Do you remember nothing. those travel cabinet, the telephone cabinets in Italy and in certain countries? So they they didn't have phones that would go long distance. So you'd have to go down to the phone center, and there would be these cabinets, and you'd get a number, and you'd go sit in a in a telephone cabinet, and then pay yes, yes. on your way out. It was so antiquated. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a like a internet cafe, but just with phones, For phones with phone booths, <laughs> but super old and almost like Mussolini era, like you know, beautiful wood, yeah. paneling, but it's. Subtle. I remember sending postcards. I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember writing the postcards. So did you did you get a chance to like travel around Italy at all, or did you yeah. stay mostly oh, yeah. in Florence? I stayed. I um, that time we traveled around. Oh God, this was another. This was more evidence of our stupidity. So <laughs> we decided to go to Venice when we to take the train from Florence to Venice. And my one somebody said, "Oh, we stayed at this hotel. It's great. You got to stay at this hotel." And so we called and made a res- reservation at the hotel. We get off the boat. We're going through what's pretty much a red light district. P- guys are catcalling. It's two girls. We're looking for our hotel looking. We get there, it was a restaurant. We'd made a reservation at a restaurant. <laughs> and back in the day, it was just like somebody recommended a hotel. They gave us the wrong number. We called and booked a restaurant for hotel accommodations. We ended and you walked up, in with your luggage. Right. And then Michelle was super freaked out, on, as was I. And we ended up staying at a way too expensive hotel just because we were terrified. And it was close by. And we felt like we were in danger. <laughs> what, um, 
like how yeah. long were you there? So that was like three uh, months? Italy, I was, yeah, we were there for about three months. Okay. And then I went back after um, graduating college. I got a modeling contract to work in Milan. Oh, oh you know, as me one too. does. As me one does. Too. I thought so. I, was gonna, I thought you looked yeah. familiar. Yeah, you might ask you about saw that. me from the Calvin Klein ads over there. Mm-hmm. So I uh, modeled in Milan and Paris and, and uh, London. Okay, now this is, this is the good stuff here. Milan. Oh, I have never been. So I've been around Italy uh, like a number of times, but I have not been to M- Milan. So, and I understand it's different. Very different. It's very than the different. The rest, yes. very different. Northern, c- cooler customer, and proud of it. Snootier customers. Yes, they're not quite like the Venetians have their own snoot factor, which I love it. By the and way, then and the Sicilians I, I have own, their own thing. What a, they're completely different. Every region of Italy has its own <laughs> temperament, yes. accompanying food and <laughs> temperament, guaranteed. Um, so the Milanese are are uh, they're no joke. I hear it's very industrial. Me- that's what they say. It's somebody there. I didn't not my term called it the Detroit of Italy, but that's just <laughs> because of all the car manufacturers. Oh yeah, know? Fiat is there. We right? live yeah, yeah. We lived in an apartment right near a Fiat um, outpost, and uh, but it's also it's the fashion hub there, and that's. It was but, the fashion hub. But that's where they all also make the clothes there and design them. You got it. So there's a lot happening. It's a big sprawl like L.A. Everything's super far apart. But thank God Italian public transportation was really fast and easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. Not. Um, I ended up accepting rides from people on motorcycles. I'm sure you a did. A lot for sure. I'm sure it was difficult to get say, a ride. It's a weird – it's a pretty uh, scummy – I mean you have to imagine modeling in Milan in the late 80s – and you stand out a little bit. You I mean, stand you're, out a little bit. You're there was what, a, 5'11"? I'm 5'11". Yeah. Um, blonde lady walking down the street. Blonde I don't lady. Know but I spoke going. Italian. Oh, and they didn't see. know that. Most of the American models didn't. So you'd walk into a casting and they'd start saying shit about yes. the girls. And you're like, oh, this is just brutal. That's that great um, Meryl Streep story. You heard that? No. When she always said? No. Oh, no. It's, she's told it. On, I've oh. heard her tell it on a bunch of uh, talk shows about she was auditioning for... I haven't for heard everything you've heard, A Mike. year in the business. <laughs> uh, um, we aren't the same person. <laughs> I know. Uh, she was. It was Dino De Laurentiis mm-hmm. that she was auditioning for. Mm-hmm. And I think it was for... Oh, it was for King Kong, the role that Jessica Lange oh, okay. got in wow. the 70s King Uh-oh. Kong. So they're auditioning and stuff. And uh, so she's there in the room, and he says in Italian to the guy... Next to him, like I said, I wanted beautiful women. Why do you send me this pig or something? Oh, good lord! And she answered him back in like perfect Italian. I'm sorry, I disappoint you, and walked out. Oh, good for her. Yeah, good and he denies the story, and she says, you know, he can deny it all he wants, but it happened. It happened yeah. yeah, why yeah. would she say it? Oh no, it didn't. I don't think anybody would be surprised at the shitty behavior. I yes, I want Milan. I'm trying. You know, what's the worst line. thing you overheard? Because I've always wanted I to saw... bust people in Spanish too. That's one of the reasons I want to get my Spanish really better. Well, let's just talk about the male gaze and the objectification of human. You know, Italy's human tough. beings. Italy. You They're know, in your face the, about leads it. the charge yeah. about it. They don't hide it. So you know. Oh God, it was really weird. I was really conflicted because modeling was a, a great way to make. A buck. No, I and you made a lot of awesome. money per hour. But there was a Polish girl in our apartment. There were three of us in this apartment owned by our agency, and she did not speak any English and she did not speak any Italian, and she was not treated well. Yeah. And we tried to intervene and tried to educate her about it, but she came from such a bleak. You know, Poland to Milan was like a huge yeah. upgrade for her. Our apartment, you know, and so again, it was as just, bad as she's getting treated. It's still better than back home. These course corrections we get in terms of our own ed- education and enlightenment through travel, really, like you're in your own little limited bubble and suddenly it gets blown open. 
when she went back to Poland, she got passed around a little bit as like a dinner date. And they were all people taking out to dinner and were just like, no, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to. And for her, it was like she was, you know, getting to have great meals and get a lot of attention that she was enjoying. But when she went back to Poland, um, she, I remember she asked us, she was like pointing to the cleaning supplies under the sink and like she was asking us something. We're like, we don't understand. She's like, can I take these back with me to Poland? We don't have this. And so we were all gathering up. I mean, literally giving her toilet bowl cleaner. Yeah. And well, this was like Cold War soap. Poland. This is we you know, packed communist up Poland. everything we could have, all our extra stuff to give to her. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So that, just like your brain has, you can't calculate that as an American. You see the stuff and you don't. You don't know what the reality is. But like, she needs toothpaste. Yeah. To bring home, like. Hand it over. Mm-hmm. So we gave her all, as much stuff as we could, but it was weird, and she was like ashamed of it. There was just lots of tension, of cultural tension, of shame and pride and embarrassment. And I, I thought I was going to make it here, and now I'm not making it, and they're sending me home, and I actually didn't make that much money. So can I right. take this stuff? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, but interesting. Any, like I'm. No, it's fascinating. You know? Do you have any like Meryl Streep type stories of busting someone with them oh. not knowing you spoke Italian? Yeah, we when we got off the plane, to, me and another girl from the states, they sent us literally from the airport to a casting, and it was for a bathing suit casting, and um, there was some talk, some chatter, and I don't remember exactly what they're saying, but none of us said we weren't waxed or anything. <laughs> we weren't ready to be in bathing suits. <laughs> like we hadn't. Sh- so they took us without explain without explanation. Why from you send me this hairy gorilla? I right. don't understand. Amazingly, we booked the job. Amazingly, we both booked the job. I think it was me and my friend Barbie. Um, we both booked the job, but it was embarrassing. And they okay. were like, mm, But it was an actual job, though. It wasn't no, like it was some a, guys in the house and were we having booked, a quote-unquote No, no, no. Unquote, we, it was casting. a casting, and then we booked the job off the casting, but whatever. See, I was see this, and it was just like, uh, I mean, I saw it a little bit living in New York and yeah. stuff like that. The fashion industry is a completely different animal. Oh. And as horrible as the show business is, everyone I met in the fashion industry was awful. It's unregulated. Yeah. I mean, the modeling industry is still unregulated. They try to regulate it, but there's so much creepy, abusive behavior that happens that people you either tolerate or don't tolerate or participate in. And, you know, there's a lot of collateral damage from that. Right. There's girls, you know, women become the women who are successful. There are a lot of, there are people like Cindy Crawford, although she's one in a million. And we work to get, she's from Chicago. Yeah. You know, from DeKalb. DeKalb. Where I went to college. DeKalb. Um, Home of uh, Cindy Crawford and Barb Dwyer. She was always a really smart, business-minded person, but not most pretty no. girls. And plus, they started like, like fourteen and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there was there's a big difference between the the guys because they tend to have like they've had normal jobs at some point a lot of times because they start later. Uh, yeah. In general, I started uh, modeling at fifteen, and I was right. done. I was done by the time I was twenty one. And you, I was too you old. at least went to school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so many of them don't. And they're, you hear these stories of them living in Paris in a house when they're 15. It's so much worse than you can. I think it's better and, now. Because and creepy people, dudes give, bringing them to discos. And yeah, par- it's creepy. Oh. It's as bad as you can imagine times 10. We had a, an agency. The agent, the family owned our agency. And they were a, um, let, let me say, a very politically powerful family in Italy. Okay. Let me just say that in quotes. Politically powerful? Let me say that in quotes. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And... We came home one day, and one of I spoke Italian, so two of the one of the nephews and one of the cousins in the family took a shine to me, and we mm-hmm. got home one day, and they were sitting in our kitchen at the apartment, and they'd gotten the woman who ran the building was so scared of them because of who the family was that she let them in. Um, 
So I decided I'm going to play nice with these kids. But we were on a shoot in Portofino and I woke up and this dude was sitting at the foot of my bed, like looking at me, watching me sleep. Oh, my gosh. He got in because they had so much political power. Yeah. And they owned the agency. And you go, oh, wait a minute. I'm starting to figure this out. Have you bought this modeling agency as like a dating Uh, service for the kids and the family? I don't know. Which wouldn't be out of the question. I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't know. I can only speculate, but it was weird. And you'd go, it's like the 17-year-old with a boat with a staff of five in Portofino, and you're sitting on this boat, and you're like, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is weird. (laughs) You're right. There's no universe where this is okay or this kid isn't completely fucked up from having this much power and money at this young age. I had an interesting – I was hanging with these Australian – or not Australian – Italian guys in um, Vietnam. I'm in this little town, so we're staying. That's a good comment. Yeah. They're like, vermicelli, this is pasta. (laughs) The pho is like pasta. it's kind of the same. But so we're in this little, I'm in this hotel, and, uh, you know, I'm by myself, and I just, like, struck up a conversation with these guys. So we just ended up hanging out for a couple days. But one Italian guy, he was living in Switzerland, and he was in the airline industry or something. But he said to me, and this was only a few years ago, he was like, well, you know, the, you're lucky that, you know, in America you can just start a business and, you know, you can, you know, from nothing. Yeah. And I go, well, you live in Italy. You're not in the third world. He goes, man, to start a business in Italy, you got to know somebody, you, your family, either your family's got to be connected or some, whether it's the mob or politically or, or if, you, if you don't have a name or something <laughs> yeah. like it is yeah. all this I expect that kind of envy from like a third world nation, but when they hear him say it, it's like, oh yeah, it's all this massive corruption, and it's also being an old country, uh, completely. When you know the the class lines are drawn, dark, and uh, power is held by a few people, and it's. I mean, you've probably been to Vatican City. What oh, did yeah. you think when you went to the Vatican? I mean, it's like they were the, the rock church stars. does very well. Yeah, I mean, it's like popes as as rock star. All yeah. the art is. Wow, they were the they were selling out the concerts. They were doing the worldwide tours, exactly, and still do. Aren't they the biggest like uh, landowners in the world? They or something? are. And if you know any Romans, they will tell you when you're in, when in Rome um, if they are Vatican or not Vatican, and that is an indicator for locals in, and and that is very meaningful. So if you're you mean in, they live in Vatican City? No, no. So people will identify themselves. Uh, so, for example, we had a um, tour guide, and he said, oh, I'm Vatican. And that means he has Vatican access. He was born in Vatican City. Um, he has all the privileges of somebody who is identified, identifying himself as Vatican. Because it's technically its own country. It is. But what happens is they own so much property if you are, quote, unquote, Vatican. And I'm saying it like it's Republican or Democrat almost right. in Rome. That's kind of how – I experienced as an outsider, that's how I experienced them using it. If you're Vatican, you have access to like great apartments, great rent, um, anything that's Vatican controlled. And if you are quote unquote Vatican, okay. you have access. And if you're not, you don't. And so people will go like, yeah, I'm not Vatican. No, I had to do it the hard way. I'm not Vatican. Because <laughs> yeah. I said like, why does that pizza, that horrible, horrible pizza place with horrible, horrible pizza have this prime piece of property? And they're like, they're Vatican. Yeah. Um, so it's like Republican Democrat. It's very political. It's very political and politicized. Yeah. And it's also insanely corrupt. I mean, it's like bribery is, is, is the way to go. If you say you know. so, Mike. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know. I'm, I, know I'm I don't know. It. That's crazy. I'm just saying, I don't know. No one's ever accused I'm, the system I, over like there. Democrats and Republicans. Of being I don't know. Corrupt. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> so, okay, how long did that, how many years were you over there? So what year oh, did you come back? Okay, so which time? Oh, how many times did you go I was in Florence. Back? I lived there in Florence. Okay. I did a summer there in Florence, and then in Milan, I did also like a summer. It was just a season. Oh, okay. For modeling. I did not do well in Milan. That was not, I was not the type. I was not in style when I was At there. that time? Was At it, that time. What they wanted, no. like, who was hot there? Who was the... Um, that's a good question. Um... Were they going like exotic, like Iman? Yeah, it was you know? kind of. No, it was... Um, Naomi Campbell types? N- no, I'm trying to remember. Uh, you know who... Pa- Tatiana Petitz? Did you know her? Um, yeah, the, you would recognize them, perhaps. Probably. You probably re- Linda Evangelista. Yes. It was a more regal, kind of imperious... But that was um, when like they were becoming starred. Nobody ever knew absolutely. the names of models. And absolutely. they were like Cindy Crawford the and I just Linda Evangelista. In that Freedom 90 yes. video for George Michael, which was the kind of enunciation. Claudia Schiffer. And Claudia Correct. Schiffer was taking all your work, I'm sure. Well, no, Claudia Schiffer, I'm kind of, I mean. You're the I'm same not, type. We're the same type. But yeah. I was not, she wasn't totally peaking yet. That would, was around the corner. Like walking around Europe, do people think you were a German or Swedish? People thought I was Scandinavian, yeah. German, or Finnish. Okay. And and generally, my safe thing in Italy is Italians speak kind of everything. They know a little bit. They If they're hitting on you, they can hit on you in a million yes. languages. Which is like, as a country, they, they are skills. rigorous. They got mad skills. So Finnish was the one that stumped them. So we would say Finlandia kn- yeah, or Icelandia because they couldn't speak Finnish or Icelandic. That's a good... Oh, yeah. that's clever. Girls... Take note. <laughs> but now there's iTranslate on your phone, so oh. if anybody has a smartphone, they can... That's the thing. When I first went there, we were hanging out with these two Swedish girls, and they knew that no matter what, that was their secret language between them, because you know only they knew it. You yeah. know, that's, but they knew eight languages apiece. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ugh, we're so uneducated. Here. I know. It's so it's bad. It's just frightening. Eight uh, languages between them? Yeah. Well, all the Romance languages. So that's, you know, with three right there. Right. And then English, there's mm-hmm. four. Swedish, that's five. Mm-hmm. German. Yeah. And then they do a couple more. Maybe like Norwegian and something else. But yeah. Wow. Danish. So you were hanging out with Swedish girls. Well, uh, <laughs> every man should at some point. Yeah. Every man does and They're should. They're liberated. They so are. you didn't have the Italian boyfriend? You had to come on. At one point... Some guy in a scooter pulls up. No, I had a musician. Nothing. I no, I nothing serious. I mean, I had two when I was modeling. I didn't say Milan. serious. Oh, it's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I <laughs> of had fun. course, yes. I had my share of fun. He looked fabulous. I had my, I had fun. Did he smoke his skinny cigarettes? Did he have? Like... Everybody smoked. We were modeling. I was. Yes. Did come you, on. you really? Oh, it's, it's so, so unhealthy. Horrible. I quit, but I definitely was guilty of consuming. That was the calories. other thing I learned in New York. These women that were like, they were the most unhealthy people. Yeah. And I had to tell people, like, skinny and healthy are not the same thing. Correct. They lived on, like, cigarettes and Diet Coke. Correct. And cocaine a little bit. Sure. Sure. Or whatever the drug of choice. Whatever it is. And some are just bulimic, and so God help you if you get near the breath. God help you. Oh. There were some... I never had that. Thank God. I was very... I just got fat. I would just get (laughs) fat, and my agency would be like, um, you're... Yeah. Let us know when you've dropped the... Did those ears get it all out of your system? Like, I'm done with this. Or did the business tell you you were done with it? What do you mean? Like, when you came back from... Oh, I was not a successful... I was, by by editorial fashion standards, I was not a successful model. But you're making a living. I'm... Barely. I was... I got a lot of catalog work, um, which was decent money, but I never broke through into editorial. I didn't have the editorial thing. So Europe is really about editorial, so then you can get more catalog work, and that didn't happen for me. But editorial, you mean magazines? Yes. Okay. Or 
ads that would appear on billboards or in magazines, and that just didn't happen. You never did any uh, TV stuff, or I did one. I did an. I did. I did one commercial for Italian commercial for Incos Pele. It was a leather company, and all I remember is they had me picking a daisy and saying, you know, in Italian, <laughs> the Frankenstein she, comes and throws me, you. He loves in the me pool. not exactly, <laughs> really bad. Um, and I've been recognized from that commercial. Come on, it ran. It was one of those that ran in Italy, and somebody was like, "Are you in Incos Pele?" And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that was me." But I've never seen the commercial. Of course, I want to I'm look sure you're still getting paid for it. I'm sure. Oh no, no, yeah, <laughs> the residuals. No. No. Okay, so you come back and you're done. You say, I'm done with no more. Or did you try to do it again? I just back could, in- didn't do it. I tried. I'd get gigs. Like, I had really good clients in New York when I was at Columbia, like Steven Sprouse, the designer. I was his fit model, which was a great gig because I didn't have to go on go sees. I could go do fit modeling for him a couple hours a week and then go to So you just class. go into a studio and wear the I stuff? Mean- uh, you'd go in and try it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'd go mm-hmm. in and they'd fit you. And then I'm in the movie Slaves of New York, which. Uh, is the, all that fashion? There's a fashion show in that movie, and I'm in that fashion show. Oh, yeah? And I was his fit model at the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I never saw the movie. I remember the book. Yeah. The is movie. Tama Janowitz? Is the, yes, Tama. Exactly. Wow. How about That's that? That's the one. Very good. Pulled that. Pulled mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Steve, I was his fit model, and I was fit model for another great designer of the time named Isaiah, who basically did these those black elastic mini dresses. He was the first guy to do a kind of ready to wear bandage dress and i was his fit model oh, okay um, so every waitress everywhere who wears you're tight, welcome you're yes you're welcome <laughs> so i worked for isaiah and stephen sprouse and that was like my bread and butter was fit modeling so the which whole, is so super dumpy in new york like that's like you don't you're the that's lowest like, person yeah on the totem it's pole. so no clout at all but i loved it so how long were you in new york did you stay i lived in new york for 10 years okay so you that's good that's a good amount of time yeah that's probably enough yeah. You know, for most people, that's yeah. that's enough. 17 to 27. It was good. Those are the best years yeah. to be there. It's great to place a city to be gro- broke. Yes. I always tell people if Completely you're going to do it, broke. go there like it's like right out of school and just everybody should live there for at least a year. Absolutely. I lived there for about a year and a half. But you did? Was, Where yeah. did you live in the city? I lived in Brooklyn. Oh, what part of Brooklyn? I was in Park Slope in oh, Brooklyn. Nice. Yeah. Very this was ninety six, ninety seven. Wow. You were an early adapter. It, uh, <laughs> it wasn't as hot then. No, yeah. it was just starting. It was so funny because I, I was on Fifth Avenue there, which was kind of the border. And any south, because it was like Fifth through Ninth was Park Slope, because Ninth was where uh, the park started. So Seventh, in the middle of it, was the Main Street, Seventh Avenue. And Fifth, we were like the last, the southern border. And across, even literally across the street from us, it was dicey. It was yeah. starting to get a little. Dicey. And then I went back a few years ago, and I don't even recognize it. I can't even it's imagine so what the rent... It's and, so luxe. And we right? had this awesome apartment. It was like on the ground floor. I lived with two other guys. and But uh, we had a backyard. We had we had a rooftop deck that you know we would go up, and then you could see... Like, we would watch the fireworks on the 4th of July over Manhattan. You can nice. see the skyline. No, it's... The it's, Twin Towers, unfortunately. It's no. amazing now. The artisanal stuff in Brooklyn, and I have to shout it out. It looked like Chicago. I, yeah, it looked like Chicago. My, when um, I first got there, it's the first thing I said, because the brownstones and all that stuff. Did you go to stuff. Brooklyn Flea? Have you been to any of the Brooklyn Flea markets? No, well, not... So, you know, there's this huge artisanal movement in New York of all these artists that come to New York, they don't have anything to do, so they make great shit and sell it at Brooklyn Flea. Okay. And my... Uh, a family friend of mine, Liza Steinberg Demby, her husband Eric Demby, started those, and they have them in every neighborhood in Brooklyn. And it's so ingenious because you—it's <laughs> just the most ingenious thing because you get to see in one stop in two hours 
go see what kids are what the cool kids are making. Right. You know? That's cool. It is cool. I love it. I always go I I always go to the Brooklyn flea markets. So you lived right in in Manhattan. I lived on Sullivan Street between Bleecker and 3rd. Awesome. In the village. That was my first apartment rent controlled, a 700 and something dollar oh, studio you jerk. apartment How'd you get on that? a fourth floor walk up. Well, this was this is in the late 80s. <laughs> well, yeah. That was expensive for <laughs> so then. It was it was everything. Exactly. It was a lot. And then I lived um in Brooklyn Heights on mm-hmm. Court Street between uh, behind the Brooklyn House of Detention. It was more Red Hook adjacent than Brooklyn <laughs> right. Heights, I'd say. Uh, I lived behind the Brooklyn House of Detention abo- above a check cashing place. Check cashing place. Humble brag. Yeah. So, I know, uh, fancy. No. <laughs> I want to get this back to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, New York is travel. No, it is. That's diff- not, not if you're listening from New York right now. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just wondering, like, so... Did you leave Europe with a love of Europe? I mean, did you, were there places that, did you get to see like exotic places? Did you go with your friend, your Polish friend back to Poland or something? I didn't go back to Poland. But you know, it's, you, you're touching on this very interesting phenomenon when you, back then living there, I had a love hate. Like with Italy, I was like, when I was left Milan in, you know, 88, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, I, this place is infuriating. I you felt didn't get really, it. I felt, no, I felt infuriated by it. Um, I loved it. I loved my experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But there was something very infuriating about it. And now it's so much easier to be there than it was then because mm-hmm. I'm, I just went to Tuscany in July with some friends. We were in uh, near Siena. And basically, oh, where? Um, we were in – it was called Val d'Orcia or Val d'Orcia. Because okay. I spent a couple of weeks in the Argentario, the peninsula there mm-hmm. with Ooh. Porto Ercole and – Santo Stefano there, and so we would take day trips to Siena. We went to uh, Grosseto. Did and, you get oh. drunk every day, drinking the wine? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what you do. <laughs> I ate I like an it. idiot and yeah. had gelato at least once or twice a day. You have to. Yes, that's what it's there that's for. What you do. You gotta. I wasn't um, modeling. I could, I could gain weight. Now I. And do. the scary thing Please. is, you don't gain weight there. No, you gain your it here in a state of ketosis. You're yes. burning the fat, all the fat exactly. you're consuming. No, I loved. Uh, so I was just in Tuscany and Rome, and I loved it. It was like the trip of a lifetime. I just my friends planned it. I had nothing to do with it. I just like glommed on. <laughs> Did so. This was over the winter, though. No, this was a. Uh, I went in June. Oh, perfect. My friend. It was for a friend's fortieth. He rented a house in Tuscany, as one is wont to do. And yeah, and I was the lucky lady surrounded by gay couples. <laughs> okay. So I have my own room. Oh, nice. And there was, uh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, Florence one day, and my friend arranged for a private viewing of the David. A private viewing? So we were, uh, and even our tour guide said she'd never been in the Academy of Art in Florence where the David is uh, and without people there. And so we had a private sitting with the wow. David with this Roman tour guide who was so excited like to see somebody who's only had to yell over hundreds of people around the David like command the stage and give the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. She was so stoked. And it was uh, it was unbelievable. Did you stop by and see Enzo and see, I got to no. show you this that guy was, with no. his blue underwear. Florence is so different now. Oh, really? I haven't oh, been there God. since. It used yeah, to be such a hippie kind of. I know it's super. It's super super fancy now. But the market's still there. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. But there. You didn't go? No, we didn't. We had, I was on a guided tour that day. I had no. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I was a plus one. <laughs> I just followed along with what the magnificent plan. I'm had. sure. Yeah. No, it was we we. It, this is the thing. If you're lucky enough, if somebody is going to have a birthday somewhere and they plan it out. 
especially if they are a gay man of means, just go. Yes. <laughs> go. You're going to have an amazing time. Yeah. I'd go, and it, it would be even a little more awkward it, for me. But it's <laughs> two of the best trips I've ever taken, three of the best trips I've ever done. Rome and Tuscany and Florence with the trip I just mentioned. Mexico City. I did a birthday weekend. Okay. I want to ask you about that a little Amazing. And always go with a local. Somebody who lives there. And then the other one was Tahiti on a boat. Somebody's 40th. Oh. The islands of Tahiti. These are all great. Yeah. Um, Was there one part that leaving a – looking back on that, that whole time and and modeling and doing all that in in Europe that you wish you would have done differently? Mm, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't think I had the capacity to do things differently. I think... Um, well, say knowing what you know now. Knowing what, what you, I know now. What would you have done? Oh, yeah. Well, I would have bought... I mean... I, the, <laughs> right. Knowing what I... I would have made sure I had more money to spend on the right things rather than the wrong things. I think I, I prioritized my What'd money you spend completely. it on? I'm dumb, like meals. You know, you the temp... I'm really into getting things of value now, like that you bring back. So when I was in Southeast Asia, which we, we talked about mm-hmm. briefly, I got beautiful Kuan Yin's. In every country I was in, I got a, a really important Kuan Yin. Like a Kuan Yin? Kuan Yin. Mm-hmm. Which is a... The female Buddha. The oh, The female okay. manifestation of Buddha. Gotcha. Um, like the textiles in Italy. Are, there's just so much cool artisanal stuff you can right. get. And so I wouldn't have wasted it on like coffees and... I would have sa- I would have saved my shekels, you know, and gotten bigger. But Italian coffee items. is hardly wasting it. I mean, that's all part of the I deal know, there. I, I mean, know. I'm come just on. saying. I'm just saying. No, I get you. I would have. I would have hustled some people to buy me coffee and like <laughs> saved my shekels for some other things. I don't know. What about places you would have gone? Did you do you think you utilized your? Oh yeah. Travel ability while yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, I did. I still haven't been to. I really do, would like to go to Sicily and Sardinia, Calabria, Capri, all that. I haven't yeah. done that. You'd love that. I've only been to uh, Sicily in, in terms of those. It was great. Did was you great. go to the Eat, Pray, Love pizza place? I didn't. <laughs> no. That surprises me. <laughs> I was at the uh, Eat, Pray, you Love town in didn't... Bali. I went to Oh, that, uh, did you go to Ubud. the guy? Did you go have your fortune told? No, I did not go to the guy. Everybody there hated the book in this town. Oh. Because I think I didn't read the book, but um, apparently I, they seemed to feel like they came off as like she was observing them, almost like animals in a zoo. Uh, in a way, so like patronizing, I think. So that's how they took it. So, and then also it brought all these uh, white ladies walking around with uh, yoga pants and mats <laughs> the under their arms. Lemon. Yeah. There was a Lululemon, and they were there. They were there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess they don't. Once you're exposed to Lululemon, you can. <laughs> yeah. There's no inoculation for that. Mm-hmm. That's terminal. <laughs> <laughs> so you came back, yeah. and then so you did New York, and then you moved to LA. Yeah. Okay. And you've been here since what? Ninety five. Yeah, it? it'll be twenty years. Um, this year. This year? No, next year. I I took a break in ninety five. I had an interruption before I permanently moved. So I think of. Well, no. Yeah, it's like it's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. I feel like it's. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's That's amazing. Years this year. It flies, doesn't it? It flies. It does. It really does. Well, tell me about the uh, the South Southeast Asia tours. Yeah, that you've done. you're well. You've done way more. I've done a bit. I, I know. I know. We had talked briefly. I did Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. I did a twenty-one day trip. Okay. Um, I flew into Tokyo. Love Tokyo. I did. Tokyo's great. Oh my god! I'm surprised I, you didn't go there. Fashion-wise. I've got to go back. I've got to go back. I flew in and out of Tokyo from LA. 
love Narita Airport has the best sushi you'll ever have in your life. Well, yeah. You, you know, Seven Elevens there have good sushi. Sujiki Fish Market in the morning. I do yes. the whole fish market thing at dawn. Amazing. It's Tokyo is just will blow your mind. Yeah, Tokyo wide is cool. open. And it's great to be alone. You're actually totally safe. I mean, I felt totally safe as a woman alone. It was awesome. Yeah. Then flew to Thailand. La, uh, went to Bangkok. Of course. Amazing. So spicy. Um, yeah. To see all that Hindu influence. One of my favorite of... countries in the world. Oh, it's amazing. For the food alone, almost. But I love the bustle. The rest of it. The bustle is not for everybody. I've heard people complain about Bangkok. I thought Bangkok no. was unbelievable. Like, I got on the boat. I did. I got on the tram. I did all the crazy. Did you get up to Chiang Mai? I did. Okay. Chiang Mai is a different vibe. I kind of like it. It's almost like northern Italy and southern Italy. You know, it's like the food's a little different and the people are a little different and it's a little cooler and nice. It has a different, it's like northern California. Yeah, it's like a little vibe, different vibe. I stayed at one of the most glorious properties I've ever stayed at was in Chiang Mai was the the Dari Deva, the Mandarin Oriental Dari Deva. Oh, yeah, they're they're amazing. Unbelievable. They literally have their own rice patty with elephants. In it and ca- like buffalo. That's one way to wake up. Cra- it was insane, <laughs> insane. And the I think the is it the king of Thailand, the prince of Thailand. What's the the royal family of Thailand was there like for dessert when we were there. They just oh, came wow. and they helicoptered and yeah, just for dessert the at the hotel because they could. <laughs> the did you go then? Did you go to like uh, Angkor Wat and then you went to Angkor Wat? Yes, right. I Lo- did that. Lo- and- loved, but it's you know. Did you go to Luang Prabang, Laos? I did not. Good, that that's a good is one. still on my list. That's fun. Did you do the inner tube down the down the river? I didn't do that one. No. Some friends of mine, Hunt and Gary, shout out. Um, they have these pictures of themselves in these inner tubes in Laos, and that to me, I was like, I just want to do that. I just want to do that. You, they probably got worms and all kinds of no, parasites stop. from doing it. Kidding, kidding. Did you never? Uh, you had never been. What year did you do this trip? I did Southeast Asia in two thousand and seven. Okay, and that was your first trip there. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Took you a little while. It did. I was working. I, I know you're busy. Now you're selling I've been traveling movies and stuff. because I worked hard for ten years, and then I was like, "Wow, my priorities are totally messed up. Mm-hmm. I need to live my life." And so I took a big step back, and I have not regretted that for a moment. So that was three weeks. Yeah. And then <laughs> he's like, "And then what about the rest?" That was no, no, no. That was that was awesome. But then we had. I remember. Oh, did uh, India Wat and then uh, Vietnam? Did Vietnam? Oh, uh, where'd yeah. you go in Vietnam? Oh, come on! I've been there now. a couple times. Come so I love on. It. I love me some Saigon. Saigon's fun. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, amazing. Ho Chi Minh City. Ho Chi Minh City. Sorry. Uh, no, it's great. I mean, and but Hanoi's got a different kind Hanoying. of vibe too. <laughs> Indochine. I love the the architecture is beautiful, but they they do not like us. They you are not the most welcome white person they've ever seen, and understandably, who can blame them? Yeah, they've had a little history with us. Totally. <laughs> Totally. But you don't quite understand who they're and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, God, Vietnam right. War. Yeah. Yes, duh. What I was, was I thinking? I always walked through there because that was like the one place as an American traveler, and I've been, you know, all over the place, that, that was the one place you go and you go and realize, oh, yeah, we lost here. Yeah. Like you can go, you can kind of hold your head high going through uh, Europe and everything else and oh, just kind of yeah. like, but they're like, no. oh, yeah. Boom. And then I'm like touring this. Place, I think we were in. Oh, where was it? Not Hoi An, but Mekong um, Delta. Oh no, that's South. No, in the in the middle of the country, uh-huh. this famous citadel that uh-huh. was there for like a thousand years, and they said, "Well, this is where this." It was like this wooden palace that was, and then it was destroyed during the American War. And I'm in the back, like, sorry, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. sorry, that was I, me, yeah, ooh, yeah. 
Ooh. My, and then, you know, touring the Coochie Tunnels and then the... Uh, oh, I didn't go on that. I heard seeing about the, that, yeah. uh, Did you oh, go the, to the Agent the, Orange? The fighter pilot? The Agent the Orange Museum and no. all that? It's horrendous. I don't need to... That stuff... It's horrendous. I can just... I'll take your word for it. Like, I'm <laughs> oh, yeah, always the war museum. to avoid the war, war museums. I have no... Mm. I trust you. But And I would tour the Hanoi Hilton. <laughs> no. Where they had McCain's flight suit on the wall oh. and... All this other stuff, yeah. but I mean, it was a fascinating thing. I think American, it's good for us to see that and just going, oh, you know, like oh, our actions do have so many people are so removed from it. It's like you see, oh, they have consequences that are big, mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. and it's impossible not to see like the uh, similarities to what's happening now. I mean, um, I've toured, I've been through Germany. Yeah, Korea. Yeah, I've been through Vietnam, and yep. it's like so. In twenty years, am I going to be touring Afghanistan? Maybe I don't know, um, but we still have bases. Well, hopefully, it's everywhere. If, if so, it's hopefully they've recovered and they're restored yeah. to a place they want to be. But it's 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 fascinating what went on there, and then to see the amount of Americans and veterans that have gone back. You yeah, know, they do. You went go to the Hanoi Hilton. I went to the Mekong Delta where they make the candy. <laughs> I did a little of that, too. I think we're having the boy-girl, like, contrast right now. I was like, yeah, this is great. Candy. Candy. (laughs) Massage. Oh, that's... Come on. In that part of the world? I know. Where the Golden Buddha is in Thailand, when you in Bangkok, when you go to that Golden Buddha, the the massage school is right there. Yeah. And it's like, $15. How much is that? They're like, two hours. (laughs) Or on the beach. Did you hit any beaches in Thailand? I didn't. I just did Bangkok, Chiang Mai. You didn't go to, like, Koh Samui? No. Phuket or any I was of the resorts? With, I was on somebody else's uh, agenda. Okay. Yeah. It's not a bad agenda, though. No. It was fine. I was happy to tag along. When did you go to India? I know we I talked about I went to about India that. in 2010. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we all have opinions on India. How long were you yes, there? I was there for 20 days. Yeah, I was so. there for three weeks yeah. myself. So you have, I mean, for me, you need an a-, a day per hour of flight time at least. <laughs> yeah. That's it's kind a, of my rule of thumb. far. Um, it's a hard place. You know, it's... Uh, it's hard. Yeah, we have a little different feeling about India. I love, I loved India. It is hard, but it is beautiful. No, I, I, I yeah. tell people that it's amazing, good, and amazing, bad. It's you, extremes in every the Western way. perspective. If you project your Western perspective, and how can you not? You're a Westerner onto the land of Karm, where they that is not the perspective they carry. They carry the perspective of Hinduism, which is. Um, of karma and I don't want to mess up your karma and I don't want mine messed up and I have they don't have shame. We project shame onto their circumstances, but they don't innately have shame because of Hinduism. So there's a real to me it's a real tragedy that westerns go there and project this, oh, what horrible you're projecting a western paradigm onto what's happening there, which is fine. We all do that. But they don't have shame. So there's this weird thing that Westerners do where they're kind of shaming, right? They're kind of shaming the local culture because it is what it is and it's so vastly different and, you know, there's poverty and um, the standards are so different. But they don't have shame about it. They have acceptance and grace about it. It's weird. I don't know if I'm... I can see from the look on your face you're just no, I'm, I'm buying listening. it. But uh, you're listening. With judgment, no. no. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm, no. They there's one thing about we project shame onto them, I but think. it's also relative, though. And like I, I known people that I mean, I, I dated a girl who was from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and she would come here, and she had lived here for a while, but she couldn't get over 
like I could walk up La Brea here down Wilshire and there's people sleeping at night in every mm-hmm. doorway. And after a while, I don't notice it anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> and you live in the city long enough in living in New York. You know, it was eye-opening going there the first time. And I was living in Chicago, which was a city. But still, you get hardened after a while. After a while, a dead body could be in the street and just kind of step over it. As long as it doesn't slow me on my way Mm -hmm. through the subway. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of relative. So it's easy for an American to go there and go, oh, my God, how can you let this happen? Mm. Whereas, like, this girl was saying this about America. It's like, how you guys have so much. How could you let this Mm. happen? And Mm -hmm. after a while, you go, oh, yeah, it's just kind of the way it is. So you kind of... Accept it. And also, it's a sheer numbers game. It's a, it's very easy for a, a country like New Zealand with 3 million people to take care of everybody in it when they have rich in resources and everything else and give everybody health care and everything like that. The distinction I would draw... They have a billion yeah. people. Oh, my God. It's, New it's, Zealand's incredible. I mean, I've never been. I've just heard. I've seen people. It is. It's, it's amazing. But it's insanely clean. Yeah. It's every. Of course, they have the, this amazing standard of living. Yeah. And it's very homogenous and very everything else. But a um, place like India, where there's like... Over a billion people. Mm-hmm. There's like 20-something different states, I think, mm-hmm. all of which has their own regional dialect and language. Mm-hmm. And this, it's so much mm-hmm. that, of course, yes, some people are just going to – you're going to see every level of the strata. You know we what I mean? We have so much entitlement here about – it's just different. <clears throat> they, they have acceptance. We have entitlement. Again, a very old culture. Hinduism is a very old culture, but what's beautiful is when you go to old, like old Delhi, um, I went to the Sikh temple in old Delhi, which is a Sikh. I did that. Right. Right. And you take off your, you have to walk barefoot. I I wore my, uh, thing on my head. You walk barefoot in the filthy streets of old Delhi to get to the Sikh temple. (laughs) Right. I mean, and you're going, oh my God, I'm a, I can't believe, okay, here I go. I'm doing it. Um, but before you get there, there's the seething hop, you know, you've got the, Every manner of people selling and driving and on motorcycles and on cars and the um, not the tuk-tuks they're called something else yeah the rickshaws you know the rickshaws everything and everybody is kind of jostling very delicately around everybody there isn't that hard New York like uh, uh, get out of my way uh. it's very well you would burn out you would right. burn out if you did that have, you, you got to accept no 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 it. they but they have a but they have amongst themselves different from if you're in New York and people like kind of hit up against mm. each other. They had a cooperative spirit that's like a ballet, if you're watching it. And well, I caught it on film. Like, everybody's just like, I don't want to mess up your karma. Don't mess up mine. Like, it's, it, there's this karmic ballet happening in close quarters that was pretty extraordinary. And we don't have that. We have entitlement. We're like, you're in my way. You're in my space. You aren't. And so I think when we see that, it's like, it's just our brain can't compute it. Well, I think it's worse in cars. Mm-hmm. Um, a car culture does feed on that. Um, but in New York, there was a little more, as people love to talk about New Yorkers, but you know, there is a cooperation that if we're all in this kind of thing together, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of see it, unfortunately, when there's tragedy that happens Mm -hmm. and then you always kind of realize as there's a blackout, people just kind of like, okay, we're all in it. And you Mm -hmm. just kind of, there is a ballet going through the subway tiles, you know, Mm -hmm. or turnstiles or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. There is a ballet to it. And that's one things when they, they hate tourists for the way that they block up. They wouldn't care anything about tourists if they didn't get in the way. Yeah. When that's things it. go bad, you're right. When things go bad, we have that. They have that kind of all the time. In India. Yes. That's the difference. Yes. And, and without – because they don't have a choice. It's yeah. just too many – too much humanity. It's just mm-hmm. too much humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a billion people. 
Mm-hmm. And boy, you see it. I but once it. I got out of the cities, I, lo- I loved it even more. I loved uh, India a lot more. I only was in Rajasthan, but I did okay. Delhi, Jaipur, Udaipur. But I, uh, yeah, I did those. And then, the but you didn't get down into, uh, you didn't go to Mumbai? No. Oh, wow. No, next time. Yeah, with the Mumbai and Goa after oh, that. Is, I really want to go to Goa. Goa beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Did you go to the um, Moorish, isn't the, the Moorish architecture, all the Spanish? The Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, they ran it for like 500 years or something mm-hmm. like that. It's the only place you'll see in India, uh, like Catholic churches mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, that part was interesting. But it's, you know, it's also a beautiful beach. Mm-hmm. Beautiful beach. You feel like you were in Born Identity? <laughs> kind of a little bit. <laughs> A lot of Russians, though. They're, oh, really? Yeah, a lot oh, of Russians. Interesting. Russians go to cheap beaches. Oh. Which is why you see them up and down Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines, Goa, Thailand. You're a fan, so you're a fan. <laughs> I'm not. But my friend is about to go to Goa. So I was meeting a friend who lived there for a while, and he's about to go back in February. And he said that uh, now that the Russian economy has crashed, he talked to his friends in Goa, and then it's just like it's really affecting their economy because so fewer oh, Russians are traveling because right. their money is worth half what it was a year ago. Right. So, yeah, it's affecting everyone. Right. But then again, there might be some more beach chairs available for the rest of us. Hey, hey. Hello. <laughs> so where, if you uh, could pick some place that you haven't been, yes. where would you go? Egypt. Me too. I haven't yeah. been yet. Yeah, I have a big, big appetite for that place. I, um, I, you know, besides the pyramids and the Nile, and um, there is also a scuba diving excursion yeah, you can um, do to see Cleopatra. The Red Sea. Yeah, and I want to get certified just to do that. You're not certified. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I had a friend die in a scuba accident, and it it, it made me very scuba averse oh. for a long time. Yeah, Sparky, my friend Sparky, was killed um, in a scuba accident. In fact, Sparky Palastri in Bring It On, the choreographer played by Ian Roberts, is named after my friend Sparky, who died. Oh my god! He died as I was writing the movie, but um, he was. Uh, so I always was like, "Eek, people can die," you know. Yes. Yeah. I need to get over it. You should. Yeah. I've been diving for forever. Do you love it? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I hear it's just like other... It's like I've going to outer cool space stuff. underwater. I've seen some cool stuff. I've snorkeled badly, but I can snorkel. <laughs> um, I need to learn how to scuba dive. Oh, we got to bring up your uh, internet yeah. show. Oh, I forgot sure. about that. Sure. Um, my so digital series. My is it you live? Show. You live. You live.com. And uh, so I tried to watch some of it, and for some reason, it was not loading. Oh, I was having a little internet issue. Well, it's called Nonstop, youlive.com slash nonstop. How did you get involved episodes. in this? And how do they find you? I, through, through CA, through CAA. Okay. Through CAA. Now, I'd done a little travel, a little vlog about my trip to Bangkok. I went to a place called the Lingam Shrine in Bangkok, which is basically a, it's a forest of phalluses that is yes. in, a shrine, right? And women I have that in my other room over there. To I pray for fertility. Too. And so I did this funny little piece about it and they saw it and then asked if I'd like to do more of those. And so I did um, – it kind of morphed as we went along. But it's like if you go to one city, what's the one thing? What's the one thing you should do? The one place you should eat? What's kind of the yes. one, one, one and done? And so that's what they are. First stop. I've written home. some of these for my site there. Yeah. Which is TravelTalesPodcast.com mm-hmm. for everybody uh, listening. But mm-hmm. uh, no, that's a great idea. Yeah. So how many – I know you saw – you went six. to Marrakesh. I did Marrakesh. Which I want to go – that's on my list. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah? It's phenomenal. I have not been. 
I loved it. I stayed at the Branson. Richard Branson's sister owns a Riyadh right in the Medina called Riyadh Al Fen, and it's extraordinary. Wow. And I loved it. And people don't like, again, there's this Western, uh, people are like, oh, the Medina, oh, the people selling you stuff. It's just so, people are so, and it's like, well, that's yeah. True everywhere. It's, but no, but it's, it's a hawking culture. Like, that's how they yes. make their living is by hawking my friend, goods. Yeah. My friend, please, come, in, you come into it. my store. I loved it. Marrakesh is How was awesome. your haggling? I'm, I'm a terrible haggler. I I'm hate terrible, it. I don't do it. And there are stores in Marrakesh that don't do that, and they just... And that's what I ended up doing. I went right. to the places where you don't have to haggle because also your tour guides can be getting kickbacks. And then there's this really uncomfortable kabuki theater of watching your tour guide pseudo haggle with it. You know, it's just all yeah. kabuki and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I hated that. And it felt like a, just like a pissing contest. How was it as a, uh, as a woman walking around? Uh... I was super scared because everybody told me I had a lot of white fear instilled in me before I went. And it was all nonsense. Did you, do you have to cover your head? No. You're... I didn't, no? I was not veiled. I was modest. I didn't show a lot of skin, but I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't veiled. Okay. No, not in Marrakesh. Marrakesh is where everybody goes to break. Well, it's very touristy. Break Islamic law. So yeah, yeah. people on holiday will go there to drink, even though they're not supposed to drink. Did you go to any other cities there? Did you go to no, like Fez or? I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. I loved it there. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> We have, we're in the most amazing. Well, you're staying in a, you know, oh, castle. Can I tell you? We were staying in a castle. It was amazing. I loved it. Okay, so you did Marrakech for you live. You did mm-hmm. our hometown of Chicago. Hometown of Chicago. Uh, you Rome. Did Rome, sure. Stockholm. Stockholm. Have you been yet? The one, the one place you could just walk around and no one blinks an eye. Everybody A starts, local. speaks to me in Swedish. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved. I Stockholm's amazing. I have not been. I've been oh, to, been to Gothenburg, but I've not been. It is unbelievable. I'm sure. You have to go. I mean, super expensive, super yeah. spendy. You got to go to the ABBA Museum. That's what I talk about in my episode. Uh, why wouldn't I? The, it's phenomenal. There's, the, it looks, it's the name it's of the a, game when you go there. It's such an educated... <laughs> really? I got nothing for the name, name of, the, of game? the game? Oh, sorry, sorry. Jesus. Oh, my God. That was such a good call on my mind. Man, really I pulled that... ABBA catalog. Wow. I pulled that right Wait, out of the... Can you sing it? Isn't it? No, I can't sing anything. <laughs> I know it. I can't I sing You're like shit. You're going to cry when you go to the Ava Museum. There's a big name of the game moment in the Ava Museum. Oh, is there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Mama I Mia. cried in the Ava Museum. I cried. Did you? I cried. I really did. I didn't, I didn't realize how deep my Ava love went. <laughs> and I had a completely visceral... Like in terms of, I've been to a lot of music museums. Is it interactive or is there stuff you can sing along it's or like karaoke stuff? And for those of you who are over 39 listening to this. Um, I hope to get there one and day. remember yeah. the Mike Douglas show. The Mike Douglas show, or it was Mike Douglas and Merv Griffin is where ABBA first performed in the States and they'd won the Eurovision contest. Yeah. And back With then, Waterloo. Correct. Costumes Thank you. were such, you could, you wore the same thing over and over again. Every, it wasn't like now where you'd wear a different thing. Okay. So I remember seeing them sing Waterloo, going to Caldor, buying the, the single immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> mom, get me in the car. Then I got the album. So when I was in there, they're showing the Eurovision performance and they were wearing the exact same outfit they'd worn when I saw them. And I had this totally visceral childhood memory of seeing them on television and people were looking at me like I was nuts. <laughs> and I was crying at the Ava Museum. I loved it. I'm sure they see that every day. I'm sure they do. You I'm and sure a bunch of Australians do. coming in there and just <laughs> crying and weeping. So what do I need to uh, eat when I go to Stockholm? 
They're not known for their oh, food. Yes, they are. That's are they? nonsense. Okay. Nonsense. There's traditional. Don't say Lutfisk and then I will. I know my grand. Well, my grandmother's Norwegian. Yeah. So I grew, yeah. Um, Lutfisk is not I know. most popular. Well, Stockholm's a city. You can get anything in a city. The, you know? Well, the s- traditional Scandinavian foods making a comeback there, so you can have have your pick. A lot of have fish. Your way. I'm a lot of fish. Really good. Yeah, I really, bet. Really, really good. I bet. So there was that. There was one other. There was, you did like six of those, right? Yeah. Are you done doing those or what's the, I'm what's done the latest? For now. Yeah, I may do more, but um, I'm, my friend's doing a project with um, uh, a FAR magazine and they're moving into the digital space, so I might do something with them. We'll see. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It was a fun experiment. If I get to do more, great. If not, I had a good time doing What's it. the website so people can go see it? Uh, it's ulive.com slash nonstop. Nonstop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your next – oh, did you ever – did you get sick in India? No. I took stuff prophylactically. I had um, – I got – somebody gave me a really good tip. So there I are these – so sick. You did. Yeah, you told me about that. Ooh. So there are these pills you can get at any good um, herbal pharmacy or natural pharmacy, like Capital Drugs in Santa Monica has them in there. By, it's a brand called Plum Flower Brand. And it's a Chinese remedy called curing pills. That's what they're called is curing pills. And basically, if you take one a day when you're away, you, you'll never get sick. It's an antiviral, antibacterial for your digestive tract that's really mild. Hmm. And I didn't have one problem. And also bring charcoal. Charcoal. Bring activated charcoal. You can get it at any drugstore that you take orally. And charcoal will kill anything. Not anything, but it will certainly present a challenge to any bugs you might accidentally consume. Okay, interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. How about uh, any, uh, no, Africa? You haven't been to Africa? I haven't. Uh, Come on. Well, I, I, Morocco, Northern Africa. Well, yeah, yeah. you know what no, I mean. No, I haven't been to, no. I think you would love that. I'm going to, I would love to go. It's on my list. Go to Cape Town. Is that your favorite? It's, it's good. And, and Kenya and Tanzania. Where did you go? Did you do safari there? I did in, in Tanzania and uh, Kenya a little bit. Gorgeous. <clears throat> yeah. But I also want to get up down into like Botswana and all that stuff for the beat. Zambia. Do you have a spirit animal from going there? <laughs> did you did you see an animal that you became became your spirit animal? I don't think so. That <laughs> doesn't doesn't recall. But you like wine though. That's why that's another reason South Africa is great. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and Cape Town is just a cool city. Of all the African cities, it's that's the uh, one. it's nice because the cities in Africa aren't really you know it's more you want to be out in the country. Mm. You know, the cities can be kind of rough. Mm. And there's not a just just not as much there to see. You did know, you go either. to the Golden City? I meant to ask you. Did you do no, the Golden City? No. In where? Um, in Southeast Asia. The Golden City. The Golden City. Um, in uh, Cambodia? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm blank. Sorry. I'm having a total brain fart. Um, the famous Golden City, the political upheaval, Burma. Now, oh, no. Uh, Myanmar. Burma. Myanmar. No, sorry. I have not. I have not been. Have you? Nope. I want to go. Yeah. I want to go. That whole region, it's, yeah. It's one of my favorite places to go. And, it, 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 like, if I, any opportunity, I get, I jump at it. How many times have you been? Let's see. I've been to Thailand a few times. Three, five. Three. Uh huh. Nice. Um, Vietnam a couple times. Uh, Cambodia's kind of Cambodia one. Cambodia once. Uh, I did, one uh, yeah, time. I did Angkor Wat, but I never went to the capital, Phnom Penh. I would love to get back into Laos. Myanmar, I do want to go to Sri Lanka as well. Um, yeah, and then I went down through all like Malaysia and um, Did you do Singapore, Java or any of that? Bali, uh-huh. 
And then a little bit of the Philippines. I did. Wasn't a big fan of the Philippines. <laughs> and mainly because of just food. The food mm-hmm. sucks. Food's like a huge <laughs> part of my travel. And everywhere in Asia, the food is like some of my favorite. In the, like Korea yeah. and like yeah. China, Crazy. Vietnamese. And it's so good. Yeah. And then you get to the Philippines. It's like, how did, how did you screw it up so badly? Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Mm. And then, but if it was good, it would be up there on the mm-hmm. list. But other than that, um, now this year, I got some things planned in the works. You do? I'm trying. Yeah. It won't be till like probably the spring or summer. But how, what, how is it going to be a big one? Like a three weeker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going to go that far, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I'd love to do a big Mediterranean kind of loop. And that's where I can hit like Marrakech, Egypt, Greece. I still haven't been to Greece. People can't believe that I haven't been to Greece. Oh, but Greece is amazing. Of course it is. That's yeah. why I haven't been. Oh, I yeah. still haven't been. So yeah. I got to knock that off. And then, uh, you will and then southern Spain. Out. Southern Spain, I really want to see. I've only been to Madrid and Barcelona. So I really want to get there. Well, I would imagine the, the five star stuff in Greece is pretty well priced because of, I would imagine. I don't know. If, you travel a little higher end. Then. Apparently, I need uh, well, your gay friends. Thing. That's what no, I need. But you gotta, Maybe I need Richard Branson's uh, sister to. Uh, Invite me places. That's My, what I need. A, a friend of mine traveled alone to Egypt re- recently, and she got great, you know, be, because of what just happened there. Tour, yeah, the Arab down. Spring. It's there's and if you're you get deals, to, oh, yeah, crazy. She did an Abercrombie and Kent thing. It was less than half price for oh, for every yeah. Kind. amazing. Yeah. So when there's blood in the streets, go travel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And buy real estate yeah. after that. Um, so, what do you think? All this travel and everything you've done has taught you about people and how has it changed your life in what way? I think traveling gives you great empathy if you're willing to let it wash over you and um, to understand how context informs everything. The context a person grows up in informs who they are. So you're, you know, there's this term neuroplasticity, uh, Nature, nurture, no, it's both. It's both your nature and the environment you're in. And so travel, to me, shows you that in action. Do you wonder, as a writer, do you think you could have been at least the same writer you are now if you hadn't been as worldly? No way. No way. Because I have, I think I have, like, great empathy for people in all these different kinds of circumstances. And I'm, or I try to have great empathy. And that sounds, not to sound pretentious about it, but, like, you have no idea what somebody's been through. You have no idea that beautiful Polish model may have been smuggling cleaning goods back into her home or, um, <laughs> you know, that people don't have running water or, you know, little Indian kids in the country are crapping in the street. You know, it's... Yeah, um, in the country. Yeah, they're squatting. Yeah, in the city. In the city, yeah. Squatting, you know, <laughs> I was say. With no shame and like waving <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, in the subway. I, you know, yeah, let's be honest. It's amazing. <clears throat> it's amazing perspective. No, it's, it's wonderful. I always tell people it's like one of the things that I'm never more in the moment than when I travel. I'm aware of my surroundings and, and it makes me see everything around me and, it, and also appreciate everything I have and not it just... You're out of your conditioning. Yes. You're it takes me out of myself out of finally. I can just... And your conditioning. It's amazing. It's such a gift. Like you get to really be like in the here and now. Yeah. It keeps you present. It keeps you honest. It's harder to check out, right? Because you don't yeah. know where you are and you don't know where you're going. Like here, you can be driving A to Z and you're like, oh, did I just drive? Shit, I was totally thinking <laughs> yeah. about that conversation with my agent. Um, uh, How yeah. often do you get a chance to 
travel these days? I usually travel like once. I'll take try to take like one big trip a year if I can, if I'm fortunate enough to. Otherwise, I try to do a couple good little trips. Because you were saying how you were like bringing it back after a while. Like you, you, that was one promise you said you made to yourself that you were going to travel more and tone back the and business. And I did. I had too much. My priorities were so messed up. I just was all work all the time and really unhappy. And um, traveling makes me really happy. It really... Just to get out of your head, get out of your day to day, and just see how other. I don't know. There's so many. It, ha- it sounds <laughs> yeah. retarded. You sound no, like a is. cheap, cliched. But it's true. Know, That's one of the reasons true. we love it so much. Oh my God. It's amazing. So, what can we expect from you bringing it back to work? Uh, work wise, what can the people don't see? Expect any, no expectations, people. Keep it low. <laughs> Let's manage everybody's expectations. Set the bar low. Still in uh, film or TV? Are you both? Do, I'm you're doing both. both. I'm trying to set up pilots and I'm trying to sell television and I'm trying to write movies and. Yeah, just trucking along, mm-hmm. trucking along in my way. Maybe a nice trip to Wisconsin. Maybe you bring that back. Oh, my God. I love my cousins. I have, I have, <laughs> I, my cousins are Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Half the state of Wisconsin are, my, are related to me. Yeah. Hey there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you can make it. Thank Thanks you so much me. for coming by. I know it was really like, fun. made you drive through traffic and oh, all that other it. stuff. But Please. I did give you wine, though. You did. I you think did. we're ready for Indeed. refills. Yes, we are. All right. Well, thanks, Jessica. <laughs> thanks, And if the, what's the website again that people can go uh, to? U-L-I-V-E dot com slash nonstop. Okay. And if they want to see your work, what? Uh... Uh, JessicaBenninger.com. Okay. They can look at, you know, bring it on. I have a book called The Seven Rays. I have a movie called Stick It that I wrote and directed with Jeff Bridges about gymnastics. Super fun. Oh, God. I, I could have done this whole thing about, like, Jeff Bridges. That's a def- that's a different show. He's worth it. Yeah, I know. He's awesome. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.